Welcome to Bethel World Outreach Church. Our values are devotion, diversity, and discipleship. Devotion through honoring God by trusting His Word, praying, and worshiping together. Diversity by embracing God's heart for every nation. And discipleship by helping others follow Jesus. So join us as we're reaching a city to touch the world. Hello and happy Mother's Day from my home to yours on this very special day when we love to honor mothers. At least in the U.S. we're honoring moms today. I know other places in the world, perhaps if you're watching us globally, uh, it may not be your official Mother's Day, but uh, for many of us in our hearts, Every day should be Mother's Day, right? Well, today is our special day to bring a word from the Word of God and a word that I've really been treasuring in my heart, working on, pondering, praying, believing that you are going to get touched in a very special way. That's why I wanted to be able to bring you this message. Now, you may be a mom or you may not be a mom. You may be a dad. You may be a son or a daughter, which is pretty much all of us, right? One of those four then I believe this message will be relevant to you. I'm thinking of my own sweet mom on this day. She's 83 years old, the greatest influence on my life. She and my dad both, and I wanna honor her this morning. She's always made prayer the centerpiece of her life, and I know she's praying for me right now. One of my favorite memories, in fact, is how my mom would walk from room to room in our home, and I would always so frequently overhear her under her breath praying crying out her heart to God, and it really set an example for me. So I'm wishing you, Mom, happy Mother's Day. My journey in motherhood has been very different, I would say, than perhaps what a lot of us would think of as the traditional motherhood journey. And I thought perhaps I'll give you just a little bit of a context on that so you'll know where I'm coming from. Some of you, of course, know my story, but if you haven't ever heard it before, just a real quick background, because I think each speaker always speaks from their own personal experience. And so I just wanted to share that quickly with you today. My journey of motherhood, I had it all planned out. Maybe you have too. And I thought I'd get married in my 20s, have my babies in, in my 20s. But instead, during my 20s and 30s, and then even into my 40s, I was birthing a career, a career that I'm very, very grateful for. But motherhood was just not happening for me in the same way that I expected it to. Maybe that's been your story. Maybe your own experience with your mom was different than what you planned. Your own journey into motherhood or waiting for marriage, perhaps. Maybe you're a single dad out there and you're helping your kids um, when they're with you, almost having to be both mom and dad. My husband went through a season like that. So it can be complicated and different than what we thought. But sure enough, at the age of 42, I finally met and married my wonderful husband. And on our wedding day, he gave me the gift of four boys, four sons who I fully adopted on our wedding day. I didn't legally adopt them. They have their birth mom and she is someone that I have honored and she's been so gracious to me through the years and letting me have a role in her son's lives. But in my heart, I adopted them. So I became an adoptive mom, so to speak. And then entered into about 10 years of an infertility journey that was wrought with so much pain and so much heartbreak miscarriage, fertility treatment, surgeries. I'm sure there are people out there watching today or maybe you know someone who's going through a season like that. It can be very, very painful. And Mother's Day in particular can be a day that has a lot of mixed emotions. But in a surprise way, our suddenly happened six years ago, at the age of 52, I became the mom to two beautiful twin daughters who are now six and a half years old. So suddenly, really, wasn't suddenly, but it felt like that, 
uh, someone who had no children of my own went in just a matter of probably about 15 years into having 10 children and daughters-in-law and now a growing clan of grandkids. And for that, I'm just so grateful. I realized that God has surprise gifts for us along the way. So this morning, I want to bring you, or this evening, or whenever you happen to be watching us, um, I want to bring you a message that captures a broader view, perhaps, than some of those that we hear on Mother's Day. Because God, from the very beginning, this idea of maternal mother, the maternal love expressed through our first, our first mother, Eve, way back in the Garden of Eden. And up until now, God has been expressing maternal love and it helps shape destinies. That's actually the title of my message today, Designed for Destiny. I want to talk about three stories in the Bible, actual historical stories that happened of three different people, of actually a variety of characters that express different components of God's maternal love and the role of that love in shaping destinies. Now, the reason I wanted to also call it Designed for Destiny is because I'm here to promise you at a time when the world is going through so much uncertainty, nonetheless, you are designed for destiny. I know it with all my heart. I know it from experience and I know it from the word of God. Are you reading your Bible these days? I sure encourage you to be diving into the Word of God because all throughout every single book of the Bible, we see that destinies are being shaped by the very hand of God. Where we get caught sometimes in our own lives is so often it doesn't look that way. There are surprise junctures and we're going to dive into some of that today. Talking about how God, when he designs us for destiny, there are so many things that we often just don't expect. Maybe you're in a season like that and not expecting or were expecting certain things. I know I was. And suddenly the coronavirus happens and everything changes. People lose things. We lose what we were planning to have and do. And yet still, I'm here to give you hope that you were designed for destiny and your destiny will not be thwarted by circumstances because God is big and he's working for all of us. So let's dive into these three stories I want to highlight from the word of God. All happen to be in the Old Testament. And again, I want to emphasize these aren't just stories of characters. Like we read sometimes the stories to our daughters at night. They're, they're not really true. These are true actual historical stories and they help us see the heart of God in designing destinies. Now, the first story I'd like to mention is that of Moses. Right from the beginning, when we start hearing about this great man, Moses, who was used so powerfully by God to deliver the people of God out of Egypt into the promised land, right away at the very beginning, we begin to see the role of mothers. And there's more than one. Now, Moses was born at a time when the king had issued a horrible pandemic of murder, so to speak. He had said, these Israelites are getting far too numerous. And all of the children, if they're a boy, a boy in particular is born, those boys need to be thrown into the Nile River. They need to be murdered. The girls are fine to keep alive, but not the boys. Well, you can imagine what that pandemic of murder felt like. So here's Jochebed, the mother of Moses, and she has this child. It says in the, in the Bible, and I love this phrase, it says she looked at him and realized he was not any ordinary child. Well, isn't that what we all feel as moms? We look at our children and we say, this is no ordinary child. 
I look at all my sons that way. My daughters, I'll say, they're not ordinary. They're extraordinary. And God has a destiny for their life. Well, Jochebed knew that. And so she decided to do a brave thing. First of all, she hid him for several months. And then she, when she couldn't hide him any longer, it says, she put him in a basket that she had made and literally floated him into the Nile River. Think of what that took. She was acting in faith that somehow, there would be another plan. So she puts him in the Nile River and then shows up the second mother, Pharaoh's daughter, who happens to be bathing in the river and she finds Moses and she looks and she says, she hears him crying and she says, this, this is one of the Hebrew boys. Well, she's moved by compassion. We don't even know all the details. I can only imagine what it was like for her to go to her father, the Pharaoh who had, who had given that edict for murder and somehow petition him to be able to raise Moses. And that's what she did. She raised him as her son. We know that because Moses is writing years later the story about what happened in his life. Fascinating details occurred in the story that I love, and I don't have time to go into all of them, but read the story of Moses. I mean, even to the point where his natural mother, Jochebed, was hired and paid money by Pharaoh's daughter to actually nurse Moses until he was a certain age when he went to live full time with Pharaoh's daughter. Now, I'm just going to pause for a moment and say to you, your child, if you're a mom, is still designed for destiny. Don't be discouraged if things look different than what you thought, because God is big and he has a rescue plan for your child. Someone's watching me right now and you've been worried that your child is never going to live up to their destiny. Well, let me tell you, he or she will. Why? Because God is such a big God and you haven't yet seen all that he's able to do. So we see Moses then be raised under the guidance of his mother in Pharaoh's household. Why? Because God had designed him for destiny. Water was going to be a big part of Moses' life. He was going to lead the Israelites through many bodies of water to that very edge of the promised land, at which point Joshua would take over and lead him in. That was Moses' life. Two women, two mothers, very different backgrounds, but God used both to shape Moses' destiny. Oh, that gives me great courage today. I love all the nuances of the story. And again, encourage you to read it for yourself. The second story of a mother that we're going to focus on is the book of Esther and the story of Queen Esther. Now, Esther is one of only two women who actually have a book of the Bible named after her. It's a powerful story. Again, encourage you to read it. But here we find a young girl who was an orphan. She didn't have her mom and dad in her life. She was a literal orphan. There's a place for orphans. Those of us who are orphaned in the real sense of the term, but many people deal with an orphan spirit, a feeling of abandonment by your natural parents. Well, don't you lose heart because God has a destiny shaped just for you. We see that Esther is raised because her parents are gone by her cousin Mordecai. He raises her her whole life, and then at a time when women aren't really valued in the Persian society, King Xerxes, who's banished his first wife, Queen Vashti, calls, they call all the virgins of the kingdom that are appointed together, and they go through a year of treatments, and Esther goes into that. We see that Mordecai comes to visit her frequently. He's pouring into her. He's, in essence, a single dad. You single dads out there, don't you lose heart because God is using you to shape destinies. And that's what Mordecai does. Well, if you've read the story, you know what happens. She, Queen Esther, she's not queen yet, Esther 
finds favor with the king. The favor of God is so important in shaping destinies. And, and Esther finds favor. She gets chosen as queen. She goes into the role of being queen. Sometime later, we find that an edict has been put in place by the wicked Haman to annihilate all of the Jews throughout the entire kingdom. You can imagine how much panic and just fear was gripping. Well, Mordecai comes to bear again, this single dad who's shaping his daughter comes and gives word to her and says, this has happened. And don't you think that you will be spared from this? Who knows but what you've been brought to your role for such a time as this. That's destiny speaking. That's destiny believing that there's more to this story than what, what's happening in the current circumstance. And that's what he knew. And so he petitioned her and she said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to fast and pray. I'm going to get all my servants to do the same and you do the same. And we're going to believe that as I go before the king and put my life at risk, that he's going to have favor on me. And sure enough, that's what they did. She goes into the court. He extends his gold scepter. She petitions for her people. And there's so much more I could share. But the bottom line part of the story is God uses Queen Esther to deliver her people from the murderous, murderous edict that had gone out. It's an incredible story. And it's one of the festivals and one of the stories that's still celebrated in, in the Jewish tradition, that of Purim, the day when God delivered the Jewish people from murder. He used Mordecai in his role, providing maternal guidance and fatherly paternal guidance in her life, even though she'd been an orphan. And then he used Queen Esther. We don't have any mention that Queen Esther ever even had children of her own, but she was used to mother and to deliver an entire nation. Destiny was marked upon her life. The last story I want to share is the story of Naomi and Ruth. Now, Ruth is the second woman in addition to Queen Esther, to have a book of the Bible named after her. And Ruth and Naomi is such a fascinating story. I find so much courage as I read it. Naomi has been with her two daughters-in-law, Orpah and Ruth. And the story tells us that they've lost their husbands. All three of them, the two sons of Naomi have died and Naomi's husband has died. Now they find themselves together and she says to her daughters-in-law, Go on back to your own country. Go back and find yourself a husband because I have nothing more that I can give you. They were really in desperate times. No food, no provision. She's getting ready to go back to Bethlehem and she says, you girls go on and find what you need. That's probably what we'd all say, right? I can't take care of you. I don't have anything myself. I'm not going to be able to provide for you. Orpah makes that choice and she goes, goes. and we, we really never read about her again. But Ruth does something different. She says this very famous passage as she in the, in the word of God is when she expresses to her mother, Naomi, I'm not leaving you. I'm sticking with you. We're together. She says, where you go, I'll go. Where you lie, I'll lie. Your God will be my God and your people will be my people. Now that's tenacity. So the two of them go back to Bethlehem. And if you've read the story, you know, they find Boaz, who's one of their, quote, kinsman redeemers, someone who has the prerogative and the privilege of redeeming them and in meaning that he can actually marry Ruth if he so chooses. But there's a lot of other details that have to come into place before that can happen. You see him showing favor to Ruth. She's gleaning in his field. She's picking up the wheat. And he tells his people behind the scenes, 
look with favor upon her, take care of her. She catches his eye. We can only imagine that it's really truly the favor of God on her life. In fact, the story mentions favor. When she comes back to tell Naomi, her mother-in-law, what's been going on in the field, Naomi says, how could you have found favor with this man? This is amazing. And I'm paraphrasing, of course. She says, he's actually one of our kinsmen redeemers. See, God's destiny has so many interesting twists and turns. Sometimes at the most desperate of times, we have no job, we have no food, we have no friends, we're in a new city, we don't have any idea what God may be up to. But God knows, and he's shaping the destinies of both of these women, Naomi and Ruth, in spite of what's going on in their environment. Doesn't that give you courage? It sure does me. It sure does help me believe that even in these times we're living in of uncertainty, not knowing when all this is going to end, the other times in my life, certainly my journey of motherhood, wondering what could ever, ever possibly change what I find myself in, then looking back later and realizing God knew and he was shaping our destiny. So Boaz marries Ruth and Ruth and Boaz together. And Ruth's lineage was not that of Naomi's. It was very different. You could trace it back to the to Lot and, and just kind of some family craziness in her background. But now she finds herself married to Boaz. She has a child and everyone in the community says, look what God has done for Naomi. Look at how he's blessed her life. There was a point in Naomi's life where she changed her name from Naomi to a name that meant bitterness. Bitterness, because that's how it felt. And yet God, the God of turnaround, turned it around for her because there was a bigger destiny. And Ruth became a part of God's destiny, really, for his people and became the grandmother of King David. Isn't that amazing? that the lineage and even the lineage on up to Jesus Christ himself can be traced back to Ruth, a faithful woman who was not a mother when she clung to her mother-in-law and said, I'm going to go with you. That's how God does it. He brings surprises. So what do we see in these three stories as it relates to maternal love and, and all those things that we're celebrating today? Well, let me give you three principles that I recognize in these stories. The first principle is this, that is the principle of destiny. And I've been mentioning it over and over throughout this message. I'm going to mention it once again, that you have a destiny and God is the God of shaping destinies. So often he uses it through mothers in our life. Mothers, whether they're traditional mothers or adopted moms or stepmoms, whatever kind of mother, God's going to bring you mothers to help shape your destiny. And destiny implies destination. Don't ever forget that you are on a destination that God has known from the beginning. He says, before we were formed in our mother's room, womb, he knew us. He knew every day was written for us before one of them comes to be. God knows what he has planned for you and he's shaping that destiny. You will make it to your destination. Just like when we plug a destination into our GPS, there are usually a bunch of different roads and routes that we can choose to get there. But we know, regardless of which one we choose, if Google's working right, or if the Apple map is working right, we're gonna to get to that destination. Well, with God, it's always working right. He can take even the most wayward path that you've chosen and bring you right back to where God wants you for your destiny. The second principle we see in place is that of what I would call different. Different, so many things about each of these stories went different than what they would have chosen. No one chooses pain. No one would, would choose um, all of the suffering that each 
person that we've talked about today has gone through. Maybe you're going through great suffering. It's hard to understand why. So many parts of my own journey in motherhood, in my career, in so many ways has gone different than what I thought. But as I often say, different than what I thought, better than what I imagined because that's our God of destiny. And the last principle is the principle of decision. You know, you and I, we have a choice at different junctures in our journeys, we'll have choices. We see life-giving choices made and we see choices that lead to bad results. But in these stories, each character makes a choice. They make a choice sometimes not even knowing what their choice will lead to, but they make a choice. And I wanna encourage you, wherever you're at right now, to choose, to choose to be brave, choose to keep believing, choose to not give up. I had to make that choice hundreds and hundreds of times during my lifetime. Times when I saw no way out, I saw no way possible that God was gonna give me the miracle I was believing for. In the wake of the loss of our son Jordan, when death just seemed like the finality to the whole story, how could this be God? Yet God is so faithful and we choose to believe him. More than that, I'm gonna encourage you to choose to stay in community with your church, the people of God, people who are gonna speak wisdom. They're gonna be like the Mordecai, who, who keep speaking truth to you, who keep guiding you, who keep helping you make those life-giving choices that you need to make. And if you'll do that, if you'll stay with the people of God, plug in now. If you haven't ever been part of a church, now's your time. We have people joining our church in New York City like never before. They have, some of them have never even stepped foot into our physical location. That's because this is the time when we need each other more than ever. And God has a family for you. It may not be your natural family, but he has a family for you, including mothers and fathers and sisters and brothers. So choose to stay in family and to stay in community. Well, I could go on and on, and I hope these stories have been life-giving for you. I'll end it with this by simply saying that God is the God of destiny and you're designed for destiny. Don't ever let go of that hope. You may be in faith believing it, but I promise you, if you'll stick with God, if you'll hold on to him, if you'll rely on his promises and stand on his word, he will bring you to your full destiny in his due time. I hope you have a wonderful Mother's Day from my home to yours. Happy Mother's Day. Let me pray for you right before I close. God, I wanna pray for every person out there who's watching. I pray that they would be brave and courageous like Jochebed and like Pharaoh's daughter. I pray that they would hear your voice and know what you're asking them to do like Queen Esther in a moment of such great stress. And I pray like Ruth and Naomi that you would be for them the God of a second chance, the God that turns bitterness into joy, hopelessness into hope. God, I speak hope into every person watching today. People who are waiting for motherhood, waiting to be married, waiting for breakthroughs in any area of their life, I pray for you right now that the God of all hope will fill you with hope as you wait on him. In Jesus' name, let it be done. Amen.